Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. A poor choice of words. Written by You Sure I'm Not a Robot. What are these things? We've been here for weeks. Bastards killed me twice. Do you know how long that's going to take to pay back? Freckers are charging me for the gear I was wearing. The bunker murmured in sympathy. Many of them had watched their own battle pay disappear in the stupid war. This was supposed to be an easy win. Smash down the humans, take their planet, and go off and leave for a few months. Instead, turns out the Frickers knew that they were coming, and every hand was turned against them. They were freaking farmers. The Ormit coalition had grown tired from the upstart human race gleefully colonizing worlds, planets, long dismissed as useless by their betters, making others look inadequate as they quickly terraformed these disregarded worlds. Terraformed, a word that they despised, making another Earth, another source of infection. Action was needed and they were asked to take it. The galactic community had enough. Well... The wealthy and the powerful, anyway. The ones tired of humans and their stupid politics. Forces had been supplied, ships provided, a simple slapdown of an upstart race. A new human colony was selected, a pretext invented by the local border incident instigated. The colony was named Trunchu, and it was barely beginning. A world of wild storms, lush forests, and water. So much water. Rivers, deltas, seas, and rain. So much rain. The humans had deemed this perfect and had set out to add to the human diaspora. The settlement was a typical human design, with communities of an around 150 people in each village, set in a radius around the central resource hub. When the morning arrived, preceding a massive unmanned arms drop, the community had decided to buy the Earth some time. No one was under any illusions about what was about to happen. The elected elders sat around the council chamber, passing the talking stick, as the humans felt a need to contribute. One of the women, aged by experience of hacking a home out of the unyielding new world, spoke firmly. We will not leave. This is understood. The room nodded in agreement. No one had suggested it. But we won't win against the alien coalition alone. Earth is on the way. But for now, we must find a way to hold. I have a few suggestions. It started quickly, with sudden explosions in unexpected places. The empty villages had proven to be such a death trap that, uh, after a drone scan showed no human presence, they were sealed off and ignored. The battle towards the central hub was proving more difficult. With constant sniper fire and massive interference in the Omidaton net, somehow the humans were masking the maps, diverting the attackers. It was getting to the point that the troops couldn't trust anything that the data net said. In orbit, alien officers were trying to figure it out manually for the first time in several hundred years. Patrols were being sent straight into carefully planned ambushes or simply disappearing. 
Disliking the way that the supposedly simple invasion was going, the ground troops were ordered to bunker up, clear the sight lines, and wait for the humans to counterattack. Hopefully, the technical issues would have been dealt with by then. Human command, such as it was, consisted of a single officer from each community. Of the fifty villages, each had put their resources at the disposal of someone they trusted, who in turn had allocated ranks as they saw fit. It had the advantage of being quick, flexible, and totally informal. No alien intelligence was going to trace some general with a standing army. Humanity hadn't bothered with them since they had hit space. Currently, the commanding officer was the same woman that had suggested their current strategy, and she was sitting ten meters below the village already deemed empty by the enemy. Commander Hu McBreen was sitting up for all the conference call with the captains. Some of the village captains had sent their apologies and provided the trusted sergeant. All right, let's keep this short. We have persuaded the enemy to put down their guns and pick up their shovels. It's been faster and cleaner than I expected. Please continue collecting up their people. Killing them is not exactly pointless. But since they just get cloned and drop back into the fight and we don't, don't push your luck. It is, however, expensive, and since they charge the troopers for the loss, really painful on every level. We want to inspire this sort of thinking in the enemy. One of the captains from one of the frontline villages from his name piped up. How many of these freckers are we going to hold on to? I have seventy of them buried with us, and they can each eat like a family of four. Hal smiled in a humble brag. Seventy prisoners was an amazing achievement, and the captain knew that. He was winding up his colleagues about his success. Good. Morale must still be high at the front. At a stern voice, not betraying her approval, she said, Captain, we have a duty of care. I will, however, ask you to inform the other captains about your tactics once the meeting is over. Seventy enemies that couldn't clone out and returned. Excellent. At the end of the brief meeting, Howe was tallying up the captured. They had taken over 400 prisoners. They had lost, permanently, 97 of her people. Bitly, she recognized that that was a good result. The slow, the stupid, and the unlucky were gone. Hopefully, everyone left was better for it. Still, no one was here because they wanted to be a soldier. This was a hundred dreams of new home dying under an alien sun. Disarmed and well-fed, the Ormid prisoners were being rallied by a gung-ho officer. You have a duty. We must escape or die trying. We cannot let these human barbers defeat us. It will stain your name for years. I need you to strangle the trooper beside you immediately and return to battle. Nobody moved, until a sergeant grabbed the officer by the neck and swiftly broke it. Looks like the Coalition has a new hero. He stared at the men. I'm no traitor, but the humans killed me twice already. My pay is gone, and those freckers ain't getting my savings. I have a spawn to feed, and I'll kill anyone else that wants me to be a hero. Is that clear? He had read the room well. Most of the prisoners just carried on eating. Keeping the Ormit in their bunkers was a difficult process. The command overhead was constantly sending instructions, orders, and misinformation. The humans stayed in the tree lines, always disappearing when the airstrikes were called, always there, watching. Patrols were reinforced, new weapons distributed, and the march of the human central hub resumed, this time with a hand-drawn maps that didn't keep changing. Resistance was met by new mortar squads, firing immediate and local death ahead of the troops. 
Finally, victory looked certain. Commander Howe addressed the captains, probably for the last time, unless this worked. My thanks to your contribution, no one will ever again invade a peaceful community like owls used to be, not without understanding the true cost. However, the price is yet to be paid on our side. They have secured their data net, they have rearmed and are heading stretched into the hub. Obviously, they have no understanding of humans, but, well, heavy artillery answers most questions. We have moved nearly all of our people back to the village bunkers, save for those who volunteer to remain in the Trojan hub. Now it is time for the rest of us. Leave your wounded to guard the prisoners. Everyone else has two hours to plan an attack. Take as many prisoners as possible. Disarm them and move on. Kill or wound if you have to. This is our home, alive or dead. In the orbit, the coalition was making a similar speech. The galaxy has watched us struggle. Our troops are finally on the path to victory. The humans will be defeated and we will take this world as our trophy. No one bothered to point out that the world had been open to anyone for years before the humans took it. This was politics, not reality. The humans emerged from bunkers, descended trees, and swam from shore. Hidden people, while behind enemy lines suddenly appearing and attacked. Those in command and supply, happily and a long way from the front lines of their determined troopers, were the first of them to meet them. The tech boys started feeding ball crap back to the fleet overhead, now with shiny new coats and aliens' own equipment. Happy days. There was no sniping, no booby traps. This was knives in the dark. All the orbit bunkers emptied for the offensive were taken and destroyed. The humans disabled and disarmed the enemy, hoping a few of them were willing to suicide and returned, and then kept going. Each village was its own flying column. They moved fast and struck quickly. They weren't looking to hold land, simply inflict pain and move on. Finally, only the mass of the Ormond frontline troops lay ahead. By now, they were deeply suspicious. The better officers had put a solid force as their rear guard. The human hub was under heavy fire, what little remained of it after the orbiting ships had pounded it for weeks. Still, someone was there returning fire. A seriously unhappy officer was trying to coordinate the battle. What the frick are they doing? We hold orbit on this planet. We took the villagers and they kept coming. We have taken the hub, so they are still shooting. When do these prickers give up? Do you have any idea how much this war has cost me? One of his troopers interrupted his self-pity. Sir, there's a human approaching with a banner. This is what they told us to watch for. It's surrender, I think. From behind the troopers, a small human was approaching with a piece of white cloth on a stick. Then she stopped, obviously waiting. Well, Sergeant, what do I do now? asked the bemused officer. I think you make a banner and go talk to it. And we're not allowed to fire until you're finished. Last time I died, they explained it to me. He looked apologetic. I died of my wounds, so they were chatting to me for a while before I died properly. Well, make the banner and tell the men to shut up until I'm done. Hopefully, this is over. The Ormit officer felt ridiculous, walking back to the human with a silly piece of cloth on a stick. White cloth was rare on a battlefield, and he hoped the human didn't recognize where it came from. The human spoke first, nodding at the smoking debris of the hub. Well done, Commander. May I ask what you wanted it for? Ormit officer was confused. 
I'm here for your surrender. Your planet is taken. Put down your weapons immediately. How laughed. You know nothing of humanity. My mother was a Vietnamese and my father is Irish. Trust me, you haven't won anything. Everything behind me is ours. We have burned your bunkers. We hold your men as prisoners and all your guns are pointing in the wrong direction. This is a flag of parley, not surrender. At least, not yet. I don't understand. What are you saying to me? Surrender! How stuck a flag in the ground. You fought your way to this hub, a hub we emptied weeks ago. We have destroyed everything behind you and blinded your ships. So either you fight your way somewhere else or you put down your guns. That's it. Simply stop shooting. Our fleets are on the way and this is going to be bigger than this planet. My home. I need your parole. Then this is over. Some very polite humans came along with food, collecting up the weapons as they went. Once the Ormit had finally understood what parole was, they were happy to sit in the rain and enjoy the view. The human leader, a small human that seemed to scare everyone, including other humans, was walking through the troops, smiling and chatting with everyone. The twice-killed sergeant stopped eating for a moment and asked the human serving him, Your leader, why is she so scary? What did she say that frightened our boss so much that we surrendered? The human laughed. He threatened to occupy her lands, smite her descendants and crush her nations. A poor choice of words. She told him that her people had heard it all before and he was in the front of her guns. Then she said that he would be the next one shot. He couldn't afford another regen, so that was that. As for us, never freck with a redhead with those genes. It never ends well. The human fleet never did turn up. A single diplomat ship arrived to negotiate a treaty that finally established all human colonies as legitimate. The Ormit coalition broke down into its parts and made their own peace. The human diaspora continued. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.